Chapter Twenty Six of The Mentor Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Mentor Two by Various. Chapter Twenty Six The Makers of American Fiction by Arthur B. Maurice. Part Two september first nineteen eighteen serial number one sixty two the mentor volume six number fourteen makers of modern american fiction men by arthur b maurice now and again we are privileged to touch hands with some literary figure of the older generation who was of the earth when poe and his virginia lived in the fordham cottage when fenimore cooper returned from his long stay in europe was disputing with his neighbors on the shores of lake oneida when irving was looking down upon the noble hudson from the slopes of his sunnyside estate and holmes was babbling wise philosophy over his coffee-cup at the boston breakfast-table but there are not many of these links with the past left and the number is diminishing rapidly far beyond the biblical threescore and ten mr william dean howells as the dean of our literature is a figure upholding its richest traditions turning threescore and ten is mr james lane allen whose name recalls the rare style and the throbbing life of the books dealing with the bluegrass region of kentucky they are almost the last of the surviving great literary figures of yesterday these men and their work have been covered in mentor number twenty five american novelists the writing men of to-day the men with whom this article has to do are for the most part those that have not travelled beyond late youth or middle age their hats were flung into the ring in the present century or at the earliest in the nineties of the last century finding the field of the novelist a broader one than it was in their father's time they have blithely ventured in their search for themes and material to the four corners of the real or the imaginary earth the following pages present a general review of the work of our well-known fiction writers of the day the works of owen wister winston churchill thomas nelson page and george w cable are also considered fully in mentor number twenty five so we lead off this article with a simple mention of these distinguished story writers in wister's work there is a primal bigness and strength and in certain passages great tenderness and romantic charm two of his best-known books the virginian and lady baltimore reveal these qualities mr winston churchill began with the somewhat trivial the celebrity eighteen ninety eight regarded when it appeared as a satirical hit at the personality of richard harding davis books that followed were richard carvel the crisis the crossing a far country coniston mr crewe's career the inside of the cup the dwelling place of light it is to a splendid persistence an inexhaustible patience a rigid adherence to his own ideals both in style and substance that winston churchill owes the high position among american contemporary writers of fiction that he holds and has held for nearly two decades 
thomas nelson page and george w cable attained fame long ago as interpreters in fiction of southern life mr page by his tender and beautiful mars chan milady and other stories mr cable by his romances of old creole days and john march southerner norris's realism and mccutcheon's romanticism more than fifteen years have passed since Frank Norris died, yet no one has yet come to take quite his place as an apostle of American realism. Before he fell under the spell of Emil Zola with McTeague and began his trilogy of the wheat, he had been the most ardent of romanticists. His earliest ventures in literature were tales of love and chivalry, written when he was a boy in his teens in Paris. McTeague was begun in the undergraduate days at the University of California. It began to assume shape in his year of student work at Harvard, but was elaborated and polished for four years before the public was allowed to see it. In the meantime, Moran of the Lady Letty had been dashed off in an interval of relaxation and became Norris's first published book. Then came to Norris what he considered the big idea that summed up at once American life and American prosperity. He would write the Trilogy of the Wheat. In the first book, The Octopus, he told of the fields and elevators of the far west. The pit showed the wheat as the symbol of mad speculation, with the wolf to picture the lives of the consumers in the eastern states and in Europe the trilogy was to end but before the tale was written, Frank Norris died at thirty-two years of age. A few years ago, Mr. George Barr McCutcheon was asked the question, Where is Graustark? Whimsically, he attempted to jot down on paper directions for journeying to the imaginary mountain kingdom, starting from a railway station in Indiana. Someone rather ill-naturedly suggested that Mr. McCutcheon had originally discovered this country in Anthony Hope's The Prisoner of Zenda, but then someone else pointed out that Anthony Hope in turn had found his inspiration in Stevenson's Prince Otto, and that R.L.S. himself had certainly owed something to the Geraldstein of Monsieur Eugene Sue's The Mysteries of Paris so neither the exact whereabouts of graustark nor its ultimate source is of great importance what really counts is that hundreds of thousands of readers have found delight in following the adventures of mr mccutcheon's stately heroines and somewhat irreverent heroes every one of his romantic tales has met with generous welcome graustark beverly of graustark truxton king and the prince of graustark but Graustark, if the first string to Mr. McCutcheon's bow, is far from being the only one, quite as wide in its popular appeal as any of the Graustark tales, was Brewster's Millions, with its curious starting problem. Nedra dealt with a desert island. The Rose in the Ring was the story of a circus. Other books not to be overlooked are Jane Cable, the daughter of Anderson Crowe, the man from Brodney's, and in shorter form, The Day of the Dog, The Purple Parasol, Cowardice Court, and The Alternative. John Fox and Harold McGrath Someone recently spoke of John Fox, Jr. as a writer who never misses fire. 
certainly he has staked a definite claim to the cumberland range and the primitive people who dwell in its valleys and along its mountain sides as early as eighteen ninety four a mountain europa appeared it was followed by a cumberland vendetta hell for sartain the kentuckians crittenden and bluegrass and rhododendrons but it was not until nineteen hundred three with the little shepherd of kingdom come that mr fox came fully into his own incidentally his fellow craftsman mr george bar mccutcheon considers the title the best title in all american fiction the high standard established in the little shepherd of kingdom come has been maintained in the trail of the lonesome pine and the heart of the hills into that imaginary central europe which lies somewhere east of dresden west of warsaw and north of the balkans harold mcgrath went for such early books as arms and the woman and the puppet crown those tales were in the first rank among the thousands of stories that about that time were being written about the fanciful kingdoms and principalities and the natural gift for story spinning that the author showed then has been in evidence in his subsequent tales in other fields from among the twenty-odd books that now bear his name it is not easy to make a selection perhaps those most conspicuous on the score of popularity have been the man on the box half a rogue the goose girl the carpet of baghdad and the voice in the fog a group of popular storytellers while still an undergraduate mr jesse lynch williams wrote several of the tales that went to make up his first published volume princeton stories in his second volume the stolen story and other stories mr williams struck an entirely new note of the tale from which the book drew its title richard harding davis himself the author of gallagher once said that it was the very best of american yarns of newspaper life two others of the collection of striking ingenuity were the great secretary of state interview and the cub reporter and the king of spain among jesse lynch williams later books are the daydreamer my lost duchess and the married life of the frederick carrolls it was along the road of anonymity that basil king finally found the way to pronounced success in griselda let not man put asunder in the garden of charity the steps of honor and the giant's strength he had won recognition as an accomplished story-teller but still his audience was a comparatively limited one then in nineteen ten appeared the inner shrine a story of franco-american life it was read from one end of the land to the other and greatly piqued curiosity as to the authorship which for many months was carefully concealed a dozen different names were suggested and accepted before it became an open secret that the story was the work of basil king the success of the inner shrine was perhaps largely responsible for the success of the subsequent the wild olive and the street called straight in bygone years it was brand whitlock the mayor of toledo in recent times it has been brand whitlock the american minister to belgium that has obscured brand whitlock novelist yet despite the height he has attained in the fields of politics and of diplomacy he is and is likely always to remain at heart a man of letters 
some day it may be given to him to write the book as he sees it for the god of things as they are meanwhile he claims recognition here on the basis of such works of fiction as the thirteenth district the happy average the turn of the balance and the gold brick a collection of short stories that appeared in nineteen ten samuel hopkins adams first essay in the field of sustained fiction was the mystery written in nineteen hundred five in collaboration with stuart edward white the following year appeared the flying death a tale of montauk point subsequent novels by mr adams have been average jones the secret of lonesome cave little miss grouch and the clarion the last named being a story involving newspaper life and the sinister influence of the tainted money of patent medicine advertisers on the liberty of the press despite a career of literary activity that goes back twenty years it is almost entirely to the books of the past four or five years that rupert hughes owes his present position as a popular novelist in this later work in such books as what will people say empty pockets and we can't have everything he has found his theme in modern gotham new york in the grip of the latest follies the insensate all day and all night pursuit of pleasure the dance the eating and drinking and the squandering mr hughes's novels reveal a range of knowledge of even the remote corners of the great city that has been painstakingly acquired and that is used with the sense of selection of the accomplished story-teller only a few months beyond undergraduate life owen johnson published arrows of the almighty and in the name of liberty they were read by a limited audience mildly applauded and then forgotten later showing the balzacian influence came max fargus dealing with the seamy side of new york law offices in the point of material success it could hardly be considered an improvement on the earlier books then one day in a whimsical mood the author turned back to memories of his schoolboy years in lawrenceville the road that led to success and recognition had been found from one end of the land to the other growing boys and boys that had grown up and boys with grey beards laughed over every fresh exploit of the prodigious hickey and dink stover and doc mcnooder and the tennessee shad and the triumphant egghead and brian de Beru finnegan motor parties travelling between new york and philadelphia acquired the habit of breaking the journey at lawrenceville for the purpose of visiting the jigger shop where hungry smeed established the great pancake record then mr johnson took one of his heroes from the school to the university and stover of yale was the most talked-of book of a month turning to a broader field the author found in the turbulent life of twentieth-century new york the background for the sixty-first second the salamander making money the woman gives and virtuous wives it is no disparagement of edwin lefevre as a workman to say that one short story written at a single sitting before breakfast is of more permanent importance than all the rest of his production combined for that story is the woman and her bonds which without any hesitation is to be ranked among the really big short tales of american fiction 
it is the first of the collection known as wall street stories a book which brought to mr lefevre quick recognition wall street is the author's particular field and many of his characters are easily recognized by those in intimate touch with the money mart of the western world besides wall street stories mr lefevre has written samson rock of wall street the golden flood and to the last penny dreiser and dixon a vigorous if undeniably crude figure in contemporary american fiction is theodore dreiser lacking style and literary distinction frequently bordering on the ridiculous he nevertheless by a rigid devotion to a certain kind of realism that omits no details has built up a following that chooses to regard him as something of a great man his first book written a dozen years or more ago was sister carrie it introduced a soiled unsentimental rather sordid but pathetic and very human heroine after a career in chicago sister carrie made her way to new york and eventually climbed to comfortable heights of worldly success jenny gerhard nineteen eleven was in much the same vein and manner the financier nineteen twelve gave a picture of american business life as it was or as mr dreiser conceived it to be during the civil war and the reconstruction period whatever its merits or demerits may be the genius his latest novel owes its chief prominence to its much debated morality after a life of activity in many fields thomas dixon entered the writing lists with the leopard spots nineteen hundred two in which powerfully if somewhat unevenly he depicted conditions in certain states of the south under the carpet-bag and negro domination of the late sixties following up the same phase of history he introduced in the clansmen the ku klux klan and showed the work accomplished by that mysterious organization in bringing about the redemption of the afflicted district among mr dixon's later works are the traitor the one woman and the sins of the father harrison and bachelor henry sidnor harrison's first novel captivating mary carstairs was published anonymously but in nineteen eleven queed appeared under the author's own name and at once took place in the front rank of the year's successful novels there was a reminiscence of dickens in the tale queed the little doctor as he is known to his associates in the story is redeemed from over-acute egotism through the agency of two young women at two years intervals following queed came v v s eyes and angela's business back in the nineties of the last century there was a corner of new york city known as monkey hill it was in the shadow of the brooklyn bridge and crowning it standing far back from the street was a kind of chalet that served as a club for certain writing men among these men was irving bachelor and to pleasant evenings in the club may be traced eben holden nineteen hundred the most popular of mr bachelor's many popular books as early as eighteen ninety three he had written the master of silence the still house of darrow appeared in eighteen ninety four but it was eben holden that made the author's name for a time a household word 
that book was followed by dree and i daryl of the blessed isles and virgilius a tale of ancient rome in his later books such as keeping up with lizzie and target mr bachelor plays whimsically with the problems of modern extravagance his latest novel is the light in the clearing fiction notes in varied keys if one novel can make a novelist Ernest Poole earned the right to be considered one of the makers of modern American fiction when he wrote The Harbor, 1915, although the end of the story was somewhat marred by over-insistence on sociological problems. In the first part of the book, the author struck a reminiscent note, as charming as that struck by Du Maurier in Peter Ibbotson. No one had paid much attention to Mr. Poole's earlier novel, a man's friends but in the general recognition of the harbour as a work of far more than ephemeral significance there was hardly a dissenting voice not so widely popular but marked by the same high quality of workmanship is poole's later book his family of the same generation at princeton as ernest poole was stephen french whitman and as mention of mr poole's name inevitably suggests the harbour so the name of mr whitman calls up at once memories of predestined unlike the harbour predestined was not speaking materially a success it was too grim its ending was too pitiless but very few who read the story of the degeneration of felix piers were able soon to forget it in such later stories as the isle of life and children of hope mr whitman has forsaken new york for italy and sicily it is now almost twenty years since henry kitchell webster and samuel merwin began their writing careers in collaboration Together they wrote The Short Line War, 1899, Calumet K, and Comrade John. All these were well-told tales, and the later years, when each man has been working alone, have shown that neither one carried an undue share of the burden. Mr. Webster's books included The Whispering Man, A King in Khaki, The Ghost Girl, The Butterfly, and The Real Adventure. Mr. Merwin's work has been unusual in the variety of its themes. Washington and the Constitution of the United States were ingredients of The Citadel. The adventures of an American girl in China were narrated in The Charmed Life of Miss Austin. Musical theories, the segregated district of Yokohama, and incidents in Chinese hotels went to the making of Anthony the Absolute. The Honey Bee is the story of a woman whose life has been in an American department store, who makes a trip to Paris, and there falls in love with one Blink Moran of the prize ring. Fiction of Adventure There is no questioning the force that Hamlin Garland has been in the literature of our time. He has told his story of his own life and literary activities in A Son of the Middle Border, 1917, a volume that was at once accepted as one of the foremost of American literary autobiographies. In no way detracting from the quality of Mr. Garland's later work is the ventured opinion that he has never surpassed some of his earlier stories. His writing career began about 1890, when the first of the tales of main-traveled roads struck a fresh note in fiction. Between 1895 and 1898, he wrote Rose of Dutcher's Cooley, 
and in 1902 the captain of the Grey Horse Troop. These, with main traveled roads, are still probably his most popular books. In 1900, The Eagle's Heart appeared, and later Hesper, The Tyranny of the Dark, The Long Trail, The Shadow World, and Kavanaugh, Forest Ranger. Writing men of our generation have begun under the magic spell of Stevenson. To Lloyd Osborne, it was given to serve his apprenticeship to R.L.S. as Maupassant served his apprenticeship to Flaubert, and, while yet an apprentice, to be accepted as a collaborator. Together, the stepfather and the stepson worked out The Wrong Box, 1889, The Wrecker, 1892, The Ebb Tide, 1894, then Stevenson passed on into Shadowland, and some years later Osborne began alone with The Queen versus Billy and Love the Fiddler. In the first decade of the present century, the motor car was still something of a novelty, and as such almost a virgin field for fiction. It was of its then baffling problems and incomprehensible moods that Lloyd Osborne told in The Motor Maniacs, Three Speeds Forward, and Baby Bullet. Later books are Wild Justice, The Adventurer, and A Person of Some Importance. A certain letter of the alphabet for a time seemed to exert a Kabbalistic influence on Louis Joseph Vance. The Brass Bowl appeared in 1907. The book of the next year was The Black Bag. In 1909 it was The Bronze Bell. There ended the use of the double B, but in 1912 Mr. Vance wrote The Bandbox. In the meantime had appeared The Pool of Flame, The Fortune Hunter, No Man's Land, and Cynthia of the Minute. Among the books that have followed the bandbox are The Day of Days, Joan Thursday, showing Mr. Vance at his best, The Lone Wolf, and very recently The False Faces, in which the lone wolf returns to play a great part in the World War. Each holds a place of his own. The law has ever had countless stories to tell. There is hardly a tale by Arthur Train that does not in some way lead back to one of the offices that cluster about the criminal court's building facing Center Street on the lower end of Manhattan Island. In that neighborhood swung the shingle of the law firm of Gottlieb and Quibble, as related in The Confessions of Artemis Quibble. Mr. Train's first book, McAllister and His Double, 1905, began in a Fifth Avenue club, but before a dozen pages had been finished, fate had carried McAllister to the tomb's prison. The thrice-told tales of Ponton's restaurant in Franklin Street, where the lawyers gather at the noon hour, went to make the prisoner at the bar, true stories of crime, and courts, criminals, and the Camorra like mr train william hamilton osborne has also achieved a place in literature as well as law there are readers who regard the very facility of governor morris as a curse believing that if writing to him had been harder work his present achievement would be considerably greater his first book a bunch of grapes dates back to his undergraduate days at yale Four years later, in 1901, Tom Bowling appeared, to be followed the next year by Aladdin O'Brien. Yellow Men and White showed what he could do in the vein of Treasure Island. 
of more enduring quality was the voice in the rice it is not surprising that many of our novelists have begun with tales of undergraduate life princeton stories was the first book of jesse lynch williams harvard episodes of charles m flandro will irwin's first fling at the game of writing was stanford stories nineteen ten that book was done in collaboration also in collaboration this time with gillette burgess the creator of the purple cow the editor of the lark and a humorist of rare whim were written mr irwin's next two books it was a short sketch of the old san francisco before the earthquake called the city that was that first made will irwin's name widely known of more substantial proportions were the house of mystery the readjustment and beating back of a certain genuine importance had been the work of robert herrick the author like his heroes has been finding the threads of life's web in a rather sorry tangle and groping for a solution of the world's real meaning it was of problems big and vital in our american civilization that mr herrick wrote in the memoirs of an american citizen the common lot the web of life the real world the gospel of freedom and together in the master of the inn he has achieved an exceptional short story also deserving of high attention is meredith nicholson who began in nineteen hundred three with the main chance and achieved unusual popular success somewhat later with the house of a thousand candles and the port of missing men among mr nicholson's more recent books are the lords of high decision hoosier chronicle otherwise phyllis and the siege of the seven suitors for tales breathing the spirit of the west and intricate mystery stories zane gray and burton egbert stevenson are known respectively mr gray's best-known books are the heritage of the desert the light of western stars the lone star ranger the heart of the desert and the u p trail wherever a well-told yarn of intricate mystery is appreciated such books as mr stevenson's the marathon mystery the destroyer and the boulet cabinet have found generous welcome will payne is the author of jerry the dreamer the striking story of eva mr salt and the losing game edward w townsend in writing of chimmy fadden did not forfeit the place as a novelist to which he is entitled by reason of such books as a daughter of the tenements days like these and lees and leaven and harry leon wilson who years ago made a definite impression with the seeker and the spenders and who of late has been moving a continent to laughter by the dexterity with which he confronted the very british ruggles with the complicated problems of social life in the town of red gap somewhere in america besides all these there are joseph c lincoln and cyrus townsend brady the first one in high favor for his breezy stories of cape cod life and character redolent of the salt sea air the latter for his many entertaining tales of plain and desert and sewell ford who created the slangy but very human shorty mccabe and torchy and those two pungent writers of western episodes peter kine and charles e van lone emerson hawk has given us rousing tales of the middle and far west of the kentucky mountains and alaska 
Holman Day's excellent stories breathe of the Maine woods, and Roy Norton has rendered tribute to the sea. Harris Dixon, a son of Mississippi, has woven into story form some throbbing incidents of Southern history, and has depicted numerous sunny corners of everyday existence below the Mason and Dixon line. James Branch Cabell is a spinner of charming romances. Some of the best have a medieval French flavor. Harold Bell Wright is well known as the author of Barbara Worth, and several other books whose sales have climbed into the hundreds of thousands. Richard Washburn Child is a young American who wields a vigorous pen in the portrayal of national character, and James Oppenheim, not to be confused with the Englishman E. Phillips Oppenheim, represents vital phases of present-day city life. Joseph Hergesheimer has won a place among writers by reason of his picturesque style and original invention. A comprehensive list of American-born novelists must also include the names of Leroy Scott, Henry B. Fuller, Frank H. Spearman, Earl Der Biggers, and Arthur Reeve, all of whom have within late years produced popular successes. The role of the makers of modern American fiction is a long one, yet none can gainsay that the average of achievement is high. End of chapter 26 End of The Mentor 2 by Various